part two of Hammers Pod. I'm going to start this one with a question. Uh, good question from my good friend, Mrs. Arswipe. How bad will it be on Saturday? Not as bad as you think. Worse. Nah, do you know what? Forest have not kept a clean sheet since November. Apart from they drew a Bristol City, we, like you know, and we know how good they are. So, um, yeah, since November, that's the last time they kept a clean sheet. So, even with us in our week, we've been in front of goal recently. I still back us to score against them. Yeah, I think uh, Brighton hadn't kept a clean sheet as well, didn't they? Oh, yeah, actually. A couple of weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. <thank> yeah. <laughs> All right, worse than you think then. Um. I the game, the game quality might be better. You might see a better performance, but um, I bet it will still be both teams will score. Could be a draw this weekend, but um, yeah, I still think yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a better game, but still not great. I don't know. I, I look at it and I think we've just been absolutely ruined by two very quick, very pacey wire players. And this weekend we're up against Anthony Lianga and, and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Two very quick, very pacey wire players. Admittedly, Arsenal played with quite a clever number nine in um, Trossard, who dropped deep. Forrest uh, will probably play quite a, a battering ram of a number nine. I mean, Toa Wanyi, he's got a neck like Mike Tyson. I haven't, I haven't seen anything like it in years. That's a guy that's, that's going to be physical and he's going to want to win his battles. Yeah. Is there is there a case for us winning? Because I'm feeling quite quite pessimistic towards this i'm feeling quite cynical could anyone make the argument as to how we beat nottingham forest in the form we're in and coming off the back of that performance on sunday i'm gonna yeah. go yeah go on rich i think i think um we, we've got to show a reaction we have got to show a reaction and i just i think i'm not sure if the Ketter or antonio will be involved in this one um it, it's debatable but i think he has to go with corne i think he needs to just have someone that can operate a little bit higher up the field um i'd even probably bring in danny ings again um as we've touched on i i'd, I'd make changes I'd, I'd make a few subtle changes and just you know, look, we've played, the, we've played the same team against Man U and against Arsenal. We've conceded nine. So, it's not worked. For, for, for it working at Old Trafford and getting a load of shots away and not scoring, you, you, there's an argument that, OK, you should try it against Arsenal, but Arsenal picked us off. So, I think Forrest will look at it at the same way. Um, but I think if we make some subtle changes in there, I think we can. Do we need to push Suchek as forward? I'd probably put a three straight in the middle, and and I'd bring Ings into a false nine, if that was me, because as as we alluded to, the ball keeps coming back very quickly. You can shore up that midfield a little bit because that's where the gaps are. So make it a flat three. Drop Ings into a false nine he's got the ability to hold that ball up and to bring wingers into play. So if we can do that against Forrest, we can get in, get in and get behind them because, you know, Sue Fowl and Emerson can push up and that will peg them back a bit. So if, if, if we approach it right in the right tactical way, yes, I, I think we can win it. I, I, I do genuinely believe that. But we have to get it tactically spot on. Mm -hmm. 
I'm available. Yeah, I'll look at not just the footballing sense, but the psychological sense. Well, perhaps a bit other than the psychological sense. I thought oh, maybe could there be a chance against Arsenal, and obviously it wasn't. But yes, I think it's got to change at one point. The players know there's a point to be proven as well. I think Forrest are there to be got at. Like you said, Gary, they've already kept any clean sheets. We've got we've got to get at them. Um, the only thing that plays a factor in it again, again is the atmosphere, the crowd, the crowd setting. It's not going to be an easy place again. You know, like last season, they beat us 1-0. Um, it's always a loud place, the county ground, but we've got to sort of block that out and play our own game. But just a positive style of play. Don't just go up there to go, right, we're quite happy just to soak up the pressure and then go at them go at them from the start, like the old Trafford performance. But this time, be clinical. If we're clinical, I think we'll be okay. And like you said, Rich, get Bowen back where he's best at, out wide. Let him run at, at, at uh, uh, full-backs, lettings go up there. Let's look after the ball a little bit better than what we haven't done. And then I do think that we, we do have the chance to go and win the game. We need it, don't we? So, Bill, what do you think? Yeah, listen, we we have to give a reaction Saturday. Um, but if you're asking me now, I honestly think we're going to get beat up there. Um, I really do. Um, listen, the player's confidence is going to be on the floor, isn't it? Um yeah, we need a reaction, but I just I don't think we will. Um, I don't know. Perhaps I'm just being negative, and I'm I'm still feeling hurt about yesterday. Yeah, we all are, but I just I can't see us getting anything tomorrow. Uh, uh, sorry, Saturday. Sorry. Um, yeah, I just I just think we're you know. Yes, yeah, it's going to be a. You said Forest ain't kept a clean sheet. Enter West Ham United. We say it over the years. It always happens. Enter West Ham United. You'll have a clean sheet, Saturday. That's, that's what happens, isn't it? I think the only thing is, though, last season and earlier this season, well, every time, well, especially last season, every time it was like, Moyes has lost dressing room, he's probably going to be out of a job. We go and pick one of those wins out of nowhere and the players will be like, look, see, we are still playing for the manager. And um, I actually share Richie's optimism because I think although they've got an attack that can cause problems and I'm having nightmares about Alanga again because I don't know if you remember the home game, he absolutely roasted Sufal. But they've keep changing their back four. They've just brought in a new keeper, so there's probably a bit of uncertainty there. Missing their best midfielder in Sangare, probably quite a functional midfield. So I think if we do play on the front foot, then we can cause them problems. But what worries me is Hudson Adoy, Alanka, Gibbs White, Awani coming at us. And to Dave's point, I think there's there's pace there that's going to cause us problems. And Gibbs White is so good at finding that space. He's an, he's a brilliant number ten in my opinion. And I think that is that might be where we lose it, but. Yeah, I could see us easily putting in a great show in and like like we did last season every time Moyes was being questioned. What do you think, Dave? Phillips Master. I, I think <sighs> no, not quite. I don't I don't think there's one thing that hasn't been touched on yet, which is just how out of form a lot of our players are. Now I agree, Bowen hasn't there's been times this season where I've looked at Bowen and thought he could be a nine, and there's times this season where I've looked at him and thought he's clearly not. And in the form he's in now, he's clearly not. So you need to you need to move him out wide, but Kudus hasn't been the same since he came back from Afcon. You know, I, I think Sue Fowles' form has dropped off recently. He's not, you know, there was a spell in this season where he was getting assists week in week out. He was he was an attacking threat defensively through the first half of the season. I thought the only player that really got the better of him in, in a match day was was Jeremy Doku at Man City, um, and his form has, has just dropped off a cliff over the past month or so. 
Ward Prowse is a player that we signed really for his set pieces. You know, again, I, I don't remember when we did get Calders, us having any kind of attacking threat. You know, everything he was doing was getting clear. You know, he's still, he's had several free kicks now, none of which have even, I, I don't think even forced to save from a goalkeeper. You know, how long do we persevere with him? Realistically, we're probably going to have to because the alternative is Calvin Phillips, unless Moyes is going to do the unthinkable and, and give one of the youth team a chance. Um, you know, obviously, we've touched on the centre halves in, in part one. Emerson had his worst game for the club. I'm not saying it's cool to drop him, but Emerson had his worst game for the club against Arsenal, I thought. You know, he's. he's is he going to be able to bounce back from that? You know, the first time Ilanga gets a run on him. With, with the exception of, of Alvarez right now, I don't think we've got a player in form. And uh, you could make a case maybe for Ariola, but he's yeah. coming off a game where he's conceded six. And I, I think that's a big thing as well. You're asking a lot of players to turn around a bad run of form. It isn't like we're on a bad run of form, we're drawing games and, and losing games, but we're close. You know, and we're playing well. We're drawing games and losing games, and, and we look terrible. And there's a lot of bad individual performances. And the reality is, there's no backup. There is no. We we have to persevere with what we've got. You know, I if Alvar, I'm, I'm hoping Alvarez can shackle Gibbs White. I'm hoping you know Emerson can come good against Alang, and that's about fair to say come good. But we'll bounce back from from that performance. Against Langa, Sufal can snap out of it. Against Hudson Adoy, and the centre halves can, or, or one of the centre halves at least, will be able to get tight on a one year. But it's there's a lot of what ifs there if you're gonna gonna go and win this game of football. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with Dave there about about the form and and something that I've said in in some of my team talks as manager in that is that I need seven or eight of you to be absolutely 100% on your game. We can carry two, at a push three, but at least if one of your three is giving, you know, you can't all have a good game, but if someone else, if you can see someone having a bit of a bit of a bad game, the rest of you have got to step up. And I need seven or eight of you to run through brick walls for those that are struggling. I need you to pick up the pieces. I need you to be aware of what is happening around you and what's happening to your mates. And you've got to fight for each other because, you know, this, this game is tough. And I don't see four players being this moment in our starting 11. I don't see four of us doing it. And that's why we've struggled against the likes of your, your Brighton um, at, at home and Bournemouth because they haven't been up for it. At Old Trafford, there, there were players that were up for it. You had you had seven or eight that were, that were you know, fighting. You know, we didn't get the result. But that's, that's what's going to be needed to carry us on through the rest of the season. Someone's got to get in there and go, right, you need to just just fight and just be on it. And Noble was that player that can galvanise that and, and bring them into it and say, come on, lads, and this is the shirt and this is all this, that and the other. I, I can't see 
anyone in there having not throwing teacups, but actually saying, you know, come on, boys, grow a pair. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And it go it goes back to that there's not a leader in there, is there? Um you know, James Ward Prowse, he may have been captain at Southampton. He's he's not a leader. Um and like I say, if you have a look at that squad, I, I, I really don't think we've got a, a leap apart from Alvarez as such. Is there anyone else? You know, no, because they're, they're all so form, no one can leave by example to, to Richie's point. No one's out there showing showing the right level of fight on the pitch. And I saw a few people questioning Zoom's role as permanent captain yesterday but he doesn't seem you know he can't lead by example because of his physical limitations but he's also not organizing people around him or cajoling people or or giving people a kick up the arse so i do agree that yeah i was optimistic five minutes ago i was, I was, looking, at, win. I was looking at the game yesterday and rich is so right and i'm glad we speak about it today as well about yeah. the, the lack of leadership and i'm i'm the only way I can really think that maybe he gave the armband to Zuma this year, it sounds really petty, but after him going through all the, the stuff he went through last year, um, mm -hmm. is it to give him something to think about? Um, his performances have not been good, so we've done it. You could do it before, give the vice-captain the armband, don't let Zuma do it for the next few games, but that's going off the point. What I'm what going back to say, the only person I would say, and I think he's always, always a 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10, if he signs his new contract, I think you'd do right. I think someone like Sufa would do a job. And why I say that, I think his performance is always up there. He loves the club and he, he likes the fans. But also, he's got that nasty streak about him. And I think that if things are not going right, I think he would be that voice in there. Like I, Again, I was looking at yesterday, I think the only other person that's been a captain at a club probably that I know of is Will Prowse. But again, yeah, who I know like next season's a long way off. But yeah, that's the only one I can think of. Unless people agree, disagree, I don't know. I I think Billy summed it up right. I he was captain at Southampton, but he's not a leader. There's nothing about War Prowse that he's gonna, you know. There's nothing about this. You're gonna follow him into battle. I think Sufal does have that. I think Sufal's the kind of guy that if you're in a pub and some guys kick it off, Sufal's over your shoulder ready to throw hands. I can't see War Prowse doing that. I don't think he's got that level of fight, that level of that level of aggression that you need sometimes. Whereas, whereas Sufal 100% does. Alvarez does. Yeah. Beyond that. Fair play to Sufal as well yesterday. Is the only, him and Suchek were the only ones who walked around the whole stadium, apologised to the fans. Sufal was the only one who really come up and fronted out. He did the post-match stuff yesterday and he just said that he apologises to the fans. It's unacceptable. And, um, you know, that's at least, he gets it, you know. I think you need someone who gets it as the captain. Um gets the culture of the club and what the fans want what, what was the media question today oh. it's a long way to come boss london stadium today sorry dave i started you off <laughs> well, in well what, what can you do when this train strikes well it won't surprise you to know that Moyes ended off going that i know it won't sound good to people but we've had two good years and genuinely it was a bit of that and throwing the players under the bus so it was kind of the greatest hits he didn't even need the questions he just he went down the classic greatest hits but um yeah exactly and we're talking about going into saturday with players that we i think we could agree the majority of the team aren't in form on an individual level and now they've just been thrown under the bus by the manager yeah so yeah. can we really hope what what sort of response are we really hoping for 
or I don't know what we're hoping for, but what sort of response can we realistically expect? Yeah, I suppose it'll be one of those ones where what he's saying behind the scene and what he's saying publicly are different, though, and he's probably... You know, he might have said to the players, I'm going to go out and I'm going to take some of the responsibility, but I'm also going to dig you out. And, and maybe saying something different behind closed doors that is trying to get everyone together would be your only hope. Because there's a few times last season where he said odd things in press conferences that gave me the the idea he was just trying to deflect a little bit. If, if he's clever, he'll be using Kevin Nolan quite well this week. That That's what I would be doing. Yeah. I'd, be, yeah. I'd be looking at Nolan and saying, get in there. He's quite a happy character. He's quite a jokey character. Um, bit of lightheartedness. Bit of, you know, that. that's what I would be doing if I was Moyes. The thing is, you can have lightheartedness, but at the same time, these players are going to have professional pride. Um, at some point, they are going to have to give them video analysis to watch back of their performances, and they're not going to like what they see. Yeah. yeah, that's the other question. We, we don't know what goes on and, and who, you know, who's doing it and what they're picking up. And, you know, this is, this frustrates me because this is, you know, this is the world that I'm going into now is, you know, analysis, opposition analysis, tactical analysis, video analysis. I'm, I'm doing quite a lot of that at the moment and I see so much and... I'm an amateur. Let, let's be, you know, let's be fair. I'm an amateur. There are professionals that are getting paid quite a lot of money, and I don't think they're seeing what I see. And that, what do they put over to the the players? And again, we're going around in a circle. It's all about the background. What is going on in the background with the staff? Who's doing what? How good is it? You know, what have we got the best people? Um, I, I just don't think we have. I think, I think there's obviously problems at the club. So I don't know if you, you chaps see it. Uh, ben Rama gave an interview the other day, didn't he? Uh, now that he's joined Leon and the training's a step higher, that could just be a dig, but there could be something in that. Because, um, listen, that's another player, Ben Rama. You know, he, he, was, he was playing well for us this time last year. What a fall from grace. For now, why, why are these players, are they working with Moyes or whoever for a period of time and they're becoming players? You don't become a bad player overnight. There's a reason to it. And I, I yeah, personally, I agree with what you say, Richie. I think there is problems in the club um, and it'll be problems we'll never find out about. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when we get these players in, how we um, sell them the project. Um, because I look at it from a managerial perspective and obviously you know Bill because you're with us as well that we set up to try, try, like be an attacking play now how do we like if I'm a player at West Ham I know that I'm not going to have a lot of the ball so I'm going to do a lot of running um, when we do get the ball we build up slowly how how do we attract these things and like uh, for example a player like Ben Rama likes to play quick football got the best out of him at Brentford from, from doing that and being a ball playing team um, how much are the players buying into the style of play week in, week out? If, he, if they just know, oh, we're going to go to this game this week, you're going to sit back, we'll go forward every so often, we'll try and counter, we'll score a couple of goals, set-piece goals. Yeah, it'd be interesting from a player's perspective in that of how much they do buy into that style of play. I think... I think they probably talk a lot about evolution. 
Yeah, with, with Ben Rama, you, you can't go to a new club and slate it off. I, I think you need to find out what the lead question was. How do you find the training facilities here? Yeah, they're really good. You know, they're, they're you know, I like them. They're really good. I can do that. That's not slating your old team. That's not saying your current team is better than the other. You, 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 you know, it's it's quite a leading question, and you're not going to go to a new club and and say, "Well, oh, these facilities are porter cabins and are rubbish." <laughs> you know, you're not you're not going to do it. You may think it, but you're not going to do that because you're not going to warm yourself to the fans. So I think some of this stuff that you see in the media and, and with all that, I think you just kind of got to take with a pinch of salt because it's it's they've got to get content. Look, we're all doing a podcast. We want content, you know. That's how it is at the moment. It's You're trying to find decent content. Um, so I, I, it's, it just, I just wouldn't pay attention to it personally. I think it is telling that Ben Rama and Fornhouse can leave the club and go on and rediscover their attacking ability in a way they couldn't under under David Moyes. I mean, that's a pretty damning indictment on David Moyes, personally. Yeah, there's just certain players he can't either take to a new level or can't really get on on a personal level. We are talking a bit about Vlasic before the call um, hit record. We were talking a bit about Corne earlier. They're obviously players he just doesn't feel like he can work with. And maybe with players like Ben Rama, Lanzini, Fornals, where it suddenly seems like they're frozen out. He just thinks he can't coach them to another level in his system or something like that. But there seems to be these blocks with different players for different reasons. Glass ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. I mean, Lanzini's a a great shout because if there's ever a time when oh, we could need a, we need a player in the squad let's just keep possession i mean lanzini was so good at finding those those little passes in the 10 you know those little through balls those little pockets of space and keeping possession in tight spaces the the best i've seen at west ham in in a fair few years i can't think of it off the top of my head i'm sure someone will come back to me and say oh, what, what about so and so but Lanzini's ability to keep keep control of the ball and hold hold the ball up in tight spaces was, was just second to none. And we could have we could have used it. I appreciate you probably wanted to go back to Argentina. I think he got to move back to his boyhood club. And good luck to him and, and I hope he's doing well out there. But yeah. uh, I mean if he's if he's thriving, sorry, again, he just adds something probably to the to the notion that boys can't do much with creative attacking players and yeah. we can probably expect Lucas Pakatar's form to drop off a cliff at the start of next season assuming he hasn't moved to Man City Havard Norvite <laughs> that was the one you're forgetting brother the, um, yeah. the great passing rage Havard Norvite he was better you, know, you know what Dave um, going back to what you said I think the closest player with regards to Lanz it probably Isle Berkovic um, similar mm. type of players that's oh, probably Ben as well actually just remind ben me ben I, I, yeah. I, I, I'll Yeah. I'm real flat. Yeah. Going back to the Forest Forest game, though, and looking ahead to it. Now, where is this game? Not lost. I'm not going to say that. Where is this game won? Now, 
when Nuno used to be at Wolves, I know he's working with different players here at Forest. I always remember them being quite free-flowing football. Always hard hard to beat. We didn't beat him many a time when, when he was at Wolves. Now, where is this game won on Saturday? Don't give them space behind. I don't know if any of you saw that Newcastle away game um, where Forrest kind of just turned up out of nowhere and, and beat them. But I think where Newcastle let them down was giving them enough space in behind to run with those pacey players. And on the day, then it was Chris Wood running in late onto the ball. But when he is probably faster than Chris Wood. So I think it's lost there. I think the midfield is where it's won because I know at the moment they're playing Ryan Yates and Dominguez. I think Sangare and they might have one other still coming back from AFCON. So it's like a functional midfield that we might actually be able to win the midfield battle. Uh, but yeah, I think making sure we don't concede any silly goals by leaving space behind and space in that channel. I know one of you mentioned it earlier, but that space in between sort of the fullback and the centre half or just behind the fullback could could cost us with the players they've got. But yeah, what do you all think? I'd, I'd be interested to know. Oh, I just want to say on the midfield thing, I think Alvarez is our, uh, the best, best midfielder on the pitch. Beyond that, I mean, is James Will Prowse that much better than a uh, Ryan Yates or, or a Dominguez? Would Sushek be a better player? Is an out of form, out of shape Calvin Phillips a better player? You know, I, I think Alvarez can do a man marking John Gibbs White. And I think he'd, he'd do an exceptional job of it. But as, as for the midfield battle as a whole, you know, if you're going to marry up Alvarez to Gibbs Wyatt, then you're looking at um, Yates and Dominguez against Suchik and Will Prowse, and you're saying it's, it's much a muchness. Yeah. I would potentially actually start Phillips for this one instead of Suchek. I know it might sound a bit hypocritical because earlier we were saying about the game passing Phillips by and not being up to speed, but I've never really been one for the Suchek pylon, but I think the weekend was just, it was the worst of what he brings to the team, slowing the ball down, not, he won't get him near anything. He was chasing shadows because he, he just wasn't switched on to what Odegaard and the movement of Havertz was was getting at and um he's another one who could maybe just benefit from a, a little break out of the team and then may yeah I, but then it's the option is then just to bring in phillips but i feel like yeah suchek could benefit from that break massively you said as well gary on the last podcast with with phillips he's only well, obviously he's coming on in games at the moment started one and you it was quite rightly and i do agree with it he has got to come got to come good in one of them games and as soon as he does he gets the confidence he will it's just when that game, it, when it does come, I think Forest might be a good one. Like especially if we're shaking, shaking the team up. Like I think we will. Yeah. I think it's the worst thing. Well, it's a free hit for him in personal terms. It can't be any worse than last week. Go out and show us what you can do. And as long as you put in a, a shift after this Arsenal debacle, then you know people probably look kindly at you. If you if you're running around busting a gut, then you know you get a bit of credit back. There's, there's one big issue with that, which is that he isn't fit enough to run around. Let's be fair. I mean, like, if, if Ryan Yates or Dominguez starts pulling him about the pitch, we're talking about midfield battles. If all of a sudden Phillips is drifting out wide because he feels he needs to cover and he's leaving space in the middle, he, he doesn't have the athleticism to cover himself. So, then yeah. what, why can't they do Dave as uh, Phillips as the holding one then and he hasn't got to get dragged everywhere? He just he screens the back four and then you push Alvarez and Walprouse a bit higher. Because yeah. then you're asking Phillips to man Mark Gibbs White, and I think that's just that's going to give Gibbs White far too much. Yeah. Hmm. 
time and, and space to, to really inflict damage. Well, the other option is by Phillips higher up. If we've not really got anyone creating in a 10 sort of role unless he's going to bring Ings back in. So maybe you just give Phillips that free role and say, uh, Walprowse and Alvarez will be deeper. They'll try and get the ball to you. Try and quickly play it on the transition. We know passing is one of his attributes. So maybe play him a little further up and just say, try and get Bowen in behind in the channel or Kudus in behind in the channel. And, and if Ings does play, try and get closer to Ings and maybe a bit of a freer role might make sure he doesn't get bypassed as much but i mean we need to change something and as we without going back to earlier it's probably we haven't given ourselves enough options in the squad to change something so it it is going to require something like that maybe i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to something that richie said actually uh a little bit earlier about needing probably 80 players to step up right maybe this is the game to introduce one of the young players someone like orford or earthy and because and then you've got players around them and say, look, we're going to put him in. We think, I mean, Lewis Orford is a very good midfielder. George Earthy is a very good midfielder, albeit quite quite small, um, and maybe needs to develop physically a little bit. But maybe that's the, to say, look, you 10 have got to step up and take accountability because we are going to put this kid in this situation and you lot are going to have to, to work around. Mm. Yeah. Bang on. Yeah, I think if you, as long as you treat like a free hit, the same with I said about Phillips. If you just give these people the the young, if you put a youngster out and you just say to him, "Look, it was bad last week. We need to freshen it up. Just go and do your best, and we'll try and get the rest of the team to step up and protect you a bit." Then, um, maybe you do protect the player a little bit from from the criticism or have a terrible showing on the weekend. But it might, in a way, it might galvanise us as well, bringing in someone, a young kid. Um, he's, listen, young kids, as we know, put them on a football pitch. Sometimes if they don't freeze, they're a little bit fearless. And that could galvanise the rest of the players. So, Dave, that's a that's a great shout. Um, but we all know in our hearts, he'll go with the same midfielders in the same way. Don't, um, you know, it'll be the same moist structure. We'll come here, we'll sit for 45 minutes, we'll try and soak up, and in the second half, we might go. Um, I don't think we can afford to do that at Forest on Saturday. We can't. I think we need to go and push them back from the off, pin them back and, and, and proper have a go at them. But, yeah. One other question. I know some of you do, obviously, do a lot of coaching and we talked about the defensive set pieces being terrible earlier, but what's happened to our attacking set pieces? Because normally you'd say, well, if we can get a set piece away at Forest, maybe we can get something there. Um, we, we've said defensively the zonal's a problem, maybe the keeper, but is there anything you're seeing in the attacking set pieces that are just stopping us being effective from them anymore? <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite simply. Um, we used to throw it quite a lot to the back post for Suchek, and... Uh, what the other teams are doing they're putting their big players at the back and they're waiting for that to come in and, and they're just dealing with it you know it's again it comes down to I'll, I'll look at a team for you know three games if someone wants me to look at a, a team that's going to come and play them I'll look at them for three games and I'll be looking at the set pieces for or against because it's a major part of the game and that's what you do you work out what they do and, and you put it in a plan and, and you know, um, 
Tottenham were very clever at it because what they'd do, they'd go zonal marking, but they'd put Harry Kane in the middle on the six-yard box. Harry Kane was a player that would go and win a header. And that's how they defended set pieces. So teams will look at it and go, right, well, that's where the ball goes. That's where they're looking to attack. How do we deal with it? And they put their big players in there. Goalkeeper will probably take a step back, you know, towards the back post rather than being in the middle. It'll probably, you know, and they'll double up in front of him just in case it comes short. So many things that you look at and, and that's probably why we're just getting found out. Yeah. Um, the, the answer that I would say as well uh, from our coaching head, and I said it last week as well, Gary, is the the same routines there. Like uh, Richard said, if he was going to watch West Ham, say for five, six games, he would come back five, six games from attacking corners and just say all they do, like I said last week, is Suchek comes off that front as a decoy runner and then it goes towards the middle. And that's what we do every single set piece. We need more creativity. Like, I'm, we keep alluding to it. Need to work on it in training. Again, it's the attacking wide free kicks as well. There's been a couple where we looked okay from, but I watch other teams and they do things much quicker and the, the, the routines are decent. Like the Arsenal one yesterday was a good delivery from Rice, but straight across the, the front stick and they've edited it in. But that's just come from movement at the back post where they can drag all our players across and then someone can make that run across the front post. We're not doing it. We've got one of, probably the one of the best set-piece takers in the league, but I don't think we're utilising utilizing how we should do and be coming up with them creative ideas. If we do, we, we would score more goals, but that's how I feel. No, makes sense. And yeah, there is a staleness to it. And it's annoying because at the start of this good run we went on, there was variation. You'd see those ones where they were doing the conga line and Dawson would break or there would be a bit of variation to the way we, we played them. So it's a, uh, it's a shame. So, coming back to Newcastle, uh, Newcastle, Forest. I don't know someone. We're playing someone. <laughs> do we do we persist with, with a four three three? Do we think we can match up Forest in that way? Or should we look at a four two three? Why do we go five at the back? Because I mean, I, I right now, as as I'm sold, I would probably drop Souffal. I think Ariola keeps his spot. I would probably go Johnson at right back. Uh, Emerson at the left back. Zuma. Probably Bonner, actually. Might go Bonner in the middle. Alvarez holding. Um, Ward Prowse. I'll go, I'll go Wolford. This this. Alvarez, Will Prowse, and Orford in the middle with Kudus and Bowen either side of Ings. I think that might might give us a little bit of hold-up play, might give us something fresh, some impetus. Even if, but, stuck with, even if he's stuck with what we were doing, I would swap Suchek and Will Prowse over. And I'd put Will Prowse as the advanced, and I'd bring Suchek and Alvarez together as a two. The thing with that is when Suchek dropped deep to accommodate, you know, 
Declan Rice's prima donna antics and when he wanted to be the star of the show and the number 10 and the number 4 and the number 6 and all the rest of it. Uh, we, we lost something in Suchek. I think you, you kind of need to play Suchek further forward to get the best out of him. But Alvarez will do that. Alvarez will just do all the dirty work, tidy it up, and he'll he'll pass it to Suchek and say, off you go. He he won't rely on having to cover. Suchek won't have to hold back and cover Alvarez, who goes on 40-yard runs and stuff. It, it's a completely different setup, to be to be fair. I, I see your point, but Rice is gone and, and the setup would be completely different. Yeah, I, think I agree with that Ings shout. Ings has to come back in for me now. I think we've we've reached the point of the bowing down the middle experiment where he's not necessarily contributed that much in the last few games and he's also not playing his best football like he would on the right. So getting back to where he's best, bringing Ings, I think we'll see the free in midfield again. And um, yeah, it could go either way and who plays where. But yeah, I would definitely bring in someone else in the, in the defence. That centre-half Herring's looked a bit... Well, like you said, the, the number of goals conceded in the last two games speak for itself and the number of times they got turned too easily by a drop of the shoulder or someone cutting in on, you know, barely predictable that Saka's going to cut in on his left foot and to, to be done by it. So, yeah, I think it would be a great come out. Um, but I just try and play as much with as much familiarity as possible. I think after getting pumped like that, I think you just want to go back to basics. This is the formation we normally play. This is the way we normally play. Go out and do it and... I just stick to your usual jobs because I think if you try and change the system and they already look uncomfortable, it'll be, it could be another long afternoon. Yeah. He, the things I've picked up from what we've been speaking about tonight, and we was, we've been critical of the centre-halves, which is they have to take the blame. But if you're looking from it as a structure point of view, which is confusing me or making me a bit worried, is the two centre-halves area is, confu uh, is not good. But also the next area of confusion and where we we don't know what we're doing because we keep changing it around is, is the midfield. So the whole, whole in that whole straight line, you haven't got your structure, your centre half, you haven't got your midfielders. It's really, really, really frustrating that we, we don't know what we're doing in that area. And again, we go back to it, you see all these sides. And I suppose Forrest, again, they'll, they'll go with the same side of midfield they've played the last few games. We, we keep chop changing something. We've got to start going with our strongest what we think and maybe we're not because we, we, were, we were losing games so it keeps changing I know what it's like as a manager if you're not if you're not winning games you do try and pull a rabbit out of the hat and go oh, what do I do next but I think we've just got to try and keep something similar to, to, to then get that structure back is what I feel and I watched it on the uh, breakdown yesterday what we were trying to do I'm not sure if any I don't see this and to be fair Dave you I was talking to you before the game yesterday, and Gary, you sit up high as well, so you see more structure of play. But I'm a little bit lower, so I don't see it. But we do try and play at the back every so often, but we'll still just roll it out to the centre-halves. But the centre-halves, and I did pick this up on the TV after, Suchek goes really wide, really wide to try and win that header. Now, if nobody's around him to win that header, we're just turning the ball over straight away. Yeah. Now, yeah, what does it look like from, from you boys up the top with the structure of play there? I completely agree with that. We lost so many second balls yesterday and a lot of them were that one where Suchek went up for the header and he's the only aerial threat and, and no one's getting close to him. So you just turn it over from 
even the headers you win, you turn it over. So I, I saw that as well completely. And I think it also comes from a lack of options. Suchek goes really long. No one drops in short enough or with enough movement to give those two centre-halves an option. And you saw it yesterday. Greg gets really tight to the touchline and then just hoofs it as far as he can up the pitch and, and it comes back. So, um, yeah, I think it's spot on. Oh, I've, got, I've got one more question on Twitter for uh, Liam Kay. He says, would a protest come back but towards Moyes instead of Sullivan? I'm going to rephrase that because I think if, if protests... I don't think protests will be aimed at Sullivan. I think if protests come back, they'll, they'll take the form of, like they normally do, you're getting sacked in the morning chance. You don't know what you're doing chance towards, towards Moyes. I'll ask you this. Do you think it's likely we'll see that on Saturday if we're getting beat and we're playing like we did on on Sunday. Do you, do you think the away fans, because normally the away fans are the first to turn. The away fans turn yeah. first and that dissipates into the home sport. Do you let's, think we'll let's see go, it? Let's go back 12 months. Let's go back 12 months. This was all happening then, wasn't it? There was Moyes out, banners in the stands. It was all a mess and it was all Moyes out and we were rubbish and we were getting relegated. We've gone through three or four months of this season being quite happy. Yes, yesterday was poor. Yes, we have slacked off on results. But we've touched on the amount of injuries we've got. I, this idea of protests and, and all that is just codswallop to me. It's football. Football goes round in circles. You know, you have a good time, you have a bad time, you've got to deal with it. Look. We'll get out of it. I'm sure we will. And then we'll be like, oh, well, what did boys change? You know, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, just, I don't know, protests, no, just don't see it. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think the difference this time as well is that last time it was anger and this time it's just apathy or people just don't it's like a life's been sucked out of a lot of people they're just fed up of watching the football as opposed to they're angry at a lack of investment or they're not frustrated with the league position they're frustrated with the football so i think it's more frustration or people feeling like they've sucked the life out of them watching some of this football as opposed to real anger towards the board or um, real anger towards Moyes. but i think you might see a few of those banners maybe i, I might be wrong what do you think, Dave? Because you obviously, you were probably there at that Fulham game when the banner come out. And w was it just a banner or was it real anger? No, uh, Fulham. We won that game from memory. It was just the banner came out. 20% uh, Which made, made it a bit awkward for, for Moyes when he came over to clap the fans out real weird. The only time I recall last season where the fans turned and he did get chance of you don't know what you're doing. Um, right. Wolves. Oh, it might have been Brighton on Brighton was on the final day. I don't I don't remember it turning at Brighton last season. I might be wrong on that. I might not be dates mixed up. Is that the one where we got beat? But definitely oh, I remember Wolves. Okay. That was Bright Brighton was when we, we just needed I think a draw to get Europa. No, that was all right down there. I was that was a season before Yeah, a season before. Yeah, I'm thinking that right. Wasn't there that one we got absolutely annihilated by Brighton last year? And um, yeah, it was last season. Yeah, that I thought. It was yes, yeah, no, I put it, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think I'm thinking the season before. Like in that case, yeah, it's probably twice last season away at Brighton away at Wolves, but it never really transferred to the home sport. The home sport always seemed to to stick behind him. Certainly through silence, if not through vocal support, I wouldn't be surprised 
I've got a feeling that if if we play like we did and and Forest are beating us and looking comfortable, that you might see the first the first signs of fans frustrations going beyond social media and into a stadium, and I think that'll that'll be with the away fans. But we'll see. Obviously, if we if we go up there, get an early goal, start looking comfortable, it's going to be a party atmosphere, and we're we're going to be right behind the team, right behind the well, right behind the manager. Rich, if you, you said we've we've started well in the season and we, we did have a few a few good months, and I agree, one hundred percent agree there. You know, you're reading online, and I know they always try and make thing of it. Does he have to? Does he have to win at least two two games of the next four to to get the season back on track, or does he have to win the game to to stay in stay in role? You need to you need to win the winnable games for me, um, and you know that Brighton and Bournemouth at home were tough games, uh, and we got a point. Like I say, we, we'd probably lose them games previously. Sheffield United, we were undone by the referee and, and VAR. It was shocking. So it's not through the want to try it and being poor, but uh, you know Arsenal was a free hit. Yes, I think we have to go and put in a performance at Forest. Um, and I think, you know, our next home game is Brentford. They're no mugs. I'm not, but if we can beat Brentford at home, that for me, that's a statement. That is a statement. But Brentford, are, you know, they're, they're doing all right. They're, they're not a bad team. Um, so, yeah, if he wins two of his next four, it's not inconceivable that he wins three of his next four. It's all forgotten about. Cycle of football, like I say, it will all be forgotten about. I'll be like, you know, and, and what I see on Twitter is like, oh, we've got to win tomorrow against Arsenal because Newcastle won, and this, that, and the other. Like, it's 38 games in a season, you know, just other teams are going to win. Just, just get real. Yeah, hard to disagree. You're only a couple of wins away from the tide turning, and it's just about how vocal the people that are annoyed are. So, yeah, a couple of wins, it will it'll all feel rosy um, for the most part. It's just a, whether the style of football continues to frustrate. Well, it's interesting, actually, that that many people left so early yesterday because I think you might see a different co- kind of protest. You might see more empty seats, season ticket holders not turning up for... Um, I know it already happens, but it might happen in a more noticeable way. People not turning up to games who have season tickets, more empty seats, people leaving early. And that might just be a different type of protest because it's about the style of football as opposed to where we are in the league or the results or not investing in a club like it was last time. So, um, yeah, I can see all those points. That's really awkward because Brentford's a Monday night and I think that will have an impact on the crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I know a few people that are saying they're not going to go to, to Brentford for partly partly because of the way we played yesterday. I think it's had an impact on it, but also partly because it's it's a difficult place to get to for you know or to get home from after an eight o'clock kickoff, given the uh, infrastructure, you know the transport links, so on. Trying to get into Stratford Station, so I I can understand it. I think the other thing as well is that. Uh, I will preview Brentford's after Forest, but I I think we're we're tailor made for Brentford to to beat us. I think we're just going to play right into their hands, and 
you know, now Ivan Tony's back, he's given them that that bit of impetus, that bit, bit of confidence again. Although if I was a Brentford fan, I would probably feel mightily aggrieved. Uh, a lot of his recent interviews and comments about currently being a Brentford player and we don't know what the future is going to hold for him and so on. So, but he's still a Brentford player for now. And Yeah. Don't forget that Neil Mopai. That guy always scores against us. He has come that yeah. like He was on about four club, two year bet, like goal drought. And when we went to Brentford away <laughs> earlier this season, he's banged in a goal in about 15 minutes. And any player who can wind up our fans is just destined to score. Callum Wilson always scores against us. All these players that you don't want scoring against you because they're going to wind you up. They always get us. So I know you said we'll preview it later, but I'm going early on the prediction. Neil Mopay to score anytime, whatever the odds are. All right, then. Shall we, shall we wrap this up? Let's, we not discuss, let's not discuss betting with Brentford, eh? That's true. <laughs> I might get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> right, shall we, shall we wrap this up? Predictions? Rich, do you want to go first? How confident are you feeling? I'm going to go 2-1 win. Gary? I also had 2-1 in my mind. I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. 2-1 to us. Billy? Uh, my heart's telling me 2-1 West Ham. My head's telling me 1-0 Forest. So uh, you've got to follow your heart. Adam? 2-0 West Ham. Clean sheet incoming. Oh, well, I'm the only one who's out again, so then I'm going 2-0 Forest. I just I just can't see this being the week we get out of this form. You went with your head last week, though. No, your heart last week. You've gone with your head. Yeah, my, my head said a 5-0 Arsenal win. And, it did. I went with my heart okay. and look how that turned out. So this week I'm going with my head. I've had two nil forest. And if I'm wrong, then good. Yeah. I would love to be wrong. <laughs> All right, cheers guys. Rabbi up. Yeah, come on, you guys. Come on.